It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Block Talk Radio. So you want your charity to succeed. It's no secret that combining online and offline techniques is the key to modern-day fundraising success. And practical advice is what you need. The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart is the perfect place to learn from experts around the world who, along with our host, provide advice you can use. Ted Hart is without a doubt one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. Also a successful author, his books cover a broad range of topics from major gift fundraising to use of social media and how to succeed online. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. Remember, this is a live call-in show. Become part of the show by adding your voice. Call now at 347-324-3080. After the show, you can find all our podcasts at tedhart.com. Just click on radio links. Don't forget to dial 347-324-3080. Now, welcome the host of The Nonprofit Coach, Ted Hart. And welcome here to the latest edition of The Nonprofit Coach. This is your host, Ted Hart, and as the announcer mentioned, this is a live call-in show. When we get to our page two experts, don't forget to call 347-324-3080. You can also join us over in the chat room. You can ask questions there, uh, or you can email me today at tedhart at tedhart.com. Today is Tuesday, March 26th. I'm coming to you live from the global headquarters of CAF America, the Charities Aid Foundation of America. And as always here on The Nonprofit Coach, we start with page one news. First up here on The Nonprofit Coach on page one news. And as you uh, know, you can always follow along on the radio links by going to tedhart.com. Click on radio and you will find all the very best links in the nonprofit sector, not only from today's show, but all the archives for 2013 all the way back to 2011. First up here on the radio links today comes to us from Mashable, one of the smartest websites on the Internet today, and they are announcing uh, uh, Google's introduction of a tool to help you calculate mobile ROI. Uh, as you know here on the Nonprofit Coach, the six pillars of success, uh, Google is the sixth pillar of success, and mobile technology uh, is also part of that pillar of success. So not the most important thing for you to be doing on the Internet today, but certainly as you work through the six pillars of success, you will get to number six, and that is important for a full-service online success for your organization. Check it out over in the radio links today at tedhart.com. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, I have the opportunity uh, to uh, bring someone over here on the Nonprofit Coach from Grant Station. Uh, welcome Ellen Maurer here to the Grant Station or uh, to the Nonprofit Coach. How are you? I'm well. Thank you for having me today. I just want to say before you get started here, Cindy Adams is one of my favorite people, um, and tell her she is sorely missed here on the Nonprofit Coach, and she should come back on sometime soon. I will be glad to tell her that you have to have a love for a woman who started her business in a cabin in Alaska with no running water or electricity. And she's been quite successful, as you have as well. Ellen, you are a Grant Station's business development advisor and accounts manager, uh, and you work with both clients and Grant Station team in marketing, partner depot advertising, surveys, reporting, and business analysis. You bring to us today over 30 years of business, partner programs, nonprofit software, and high-end retail uh, experience. And you've got uh, an announcement today, uh, and we're providing a radio link, so I'm going to let you uh, take it from here on your big announcement uh, for a survey that's underway. Oh, thank you so much. We are uh, 
announcing the Spring 2013 State of Grant Seeking Survey. And this is a semi-annual survey of nonprofit organizations. What that means to you is that the information, the analysis is current. You're not looking at last year's data. We make sure that you see what's happening. You get the zeitgeist, if you will, of the state of grant seeking. And we have some new timely questions that were voted for by our survey respondents, including, uh, is your organization well known? What is the age of your organization? How would you describe your organization's location? Is it rural? Is it urban? The ruralness of an organization is an especially hot topic today because we find that our rural members have more difficulty getting funding than our urban members. We're also interested in analyzing the age of the organization, we know that new organizations find grant funding a difficult uh, challenge, but is there an age where the interest or the uh, emotion dies out and that funding drops off? And also, we're looking to attempt to measure sort of an esoteric concept of how well-known is your organization to determine if you're a an organization that folks say, oh, yeah, I know what that is, I'll give, or if it's an organization where they say, what in the world do they do? Mm -hmm. So in addition to analyzing the uh, average receipt of a grant, the dollar amounts, the frequency, the number of grants, on a national level, we're going to do drill downs so that we give you information for all these questions and 20 more by census division, by uh, area of interest, by focus. We all know that those in the arts might find it more challenging to get Well, this will become a, an important benchmark uh, for anyone that participates um, or uh, seeks information from this survey. We're quite excited um, and urge all of the listeners of the Nonprofit Coach to participate in the State of Grant Seeking Spring 2013 uh, survey. The link is available at tedhart.com by clicking on radio links. Now, this is your sixth semi-annual um, informal survey of nonprofits. Um, what is the timing of when you need people to respond by? I need them to respond by March 31st. They need okay. to do it today, please. So a few more days to be able to participate and to uh, help make this a true benchmark that uh, you can rely on for information. Um, Ellen, this is a partnership that Grant Station has with Philantech, um, and we really welcome you coming here on the Nonprofit Coach to promote participation, but we also know that uh, we will have you back once you've finished your analysis uh, to share with us what you were able to learn about the state of grant seeking. Thank you so very much for this opportunity. That's Ellen Maurer from GrantStation joining us here on the Nonprofit Coach. Uh, there's still a couple of days left for you to participate, and of course, the more that you add uh, to um, the voice of this survey, the better the data will be for all of us in the sector. So please take a few moments to fill out the State of Grant Seeking survey today. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach are a couple of back-to-back -back stories uh, that come to us from the Chronicle of Philanthropy. And these two stories sort of don't seem to go together. Uh, the first that we're sharing with you in the radio links today uh, is a report from the Chronicle Philanthropy that 54% of charities are reporting um, in, that they do not believe that they have the money necessary to meet the demands of for service uh, in this year, not even in the future, but in this year. Uh, this is a, a big problem in the nonprofit sector. The, the sort of uh, compelling um, article that goes with this today here on the Nonprofit Coach um, also comes from the Chronicle Philanthropy, and this is, comes from their foundation survey uh, that says that big foundations, despite the fact that their assets are growing and the stock market is up, uh, are reporting that uh, only 28 of the 81 foundations that participated in this survey reported that, um, uh, their ass that their funding will grow. In other words, uh, caution is the watchword for foundations. They're pulling back, uh, holding off on making grants to the nonprofit sector, really at a time that demand has never been greater. So uh, there's a disparity there that I think is going to make it even harder 
for my listeners today to meet the goals and meet the challenge of providing service in the nonprofit sector. Next up here on the nonprofit coach is a, a good friend of the the uh, nonprofit coach. Every month here on the nonprofit coach, uh, we have one of the stars over at GuideStar.org join us. Uh, usually, we're uh, we're joined by Lindsay Nichols, who always. Uh, graces us here on the Nonprofit Coach, but unfortunately she's a bit under the weather. Uh, so we have a very special treat for you today, and that is Diana Hand uh, is here with us on the Nonprofit Coach. Welcome, Diana. Hi, Ted. Thanks so much for having me on the show today. I am the Senior Marketing Manager here at GuideStar, and I wanted to let you all know we have a few exciting webinars coming up. Terrific. So this will be the, uh, the monthly report on the GuideStar Minute. Take it away, Diana. Sure. So on April 4th at 3.30 p.m., we have a webinar with Kivy Miller of the Nonprofit Marketing Guide. And so she's going to present a strategy for streamlining your communications calendar. And there's still space available, so you can register for that and some of our other upcoming webinars at guidestar.org slash webinars. Terrific. And we do have a link over in the radio links today to guidestar.org, uh, so you can follow that and then move over to uh, webinars. Uh, what else do you have uh, going on over at GuideStar? Always so exciting about the work that you folks are doing. Oh, well, thank you. Um, today only, actually, we have a 50% discount on our premium pay-as-you-go report. And so this report gives you detailed, comprehensive data and program info on uh, one nonprofit of your choice. And I wanted to share with you all the discount code for that. Again, it's today only, but it's Mad March 50% report. So M-A-D-M-A-R-C-H 50% R-E-P-O-R-T. And you can get started with that at guidestar.org slash premium. Let's have that uh, discount code again because we do want all of our listeners to have this opportunity to get the uh, rich kind of information and to save on their budget. Uh, what's that discount code again? Sure. Mad March 50% report. Terrific, terrific. Diana, thank you for the Guide Star Minute. We'll have you folks back next month, as we always do uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach. We appreciate you keeping us up to speed on all the changes and all the wonderful work being done by GuideStar.org. Thanks so much. And we're back here on uh, page one news. A little bit more news here. Uh, the next one is, I, I suppose here on the Nonprofit Coach, we have a little bit of an obligation uh, to keep you stylish. Uh, so uh, coming to us uh, today from Men's Health Style section uh, is how to keep your inbox in style. Uh, and these are some very good tips about uh, uh, relying on the cloud, de-junking your email, um, uh, setting up spam accounts, making sure that you're staying safe online, streamlining your social media, just some really good tips, uh, sort of a, a spring cleaning, if you will, of, uh, of your online and social media. Uh, always good tips, and these come to us today from Men's Health Style section. Uh, next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, as we look to wrap up uh, page one news today, we want to draw your attention uh, to an opportunity over at TechSoup.org. Over at TechSoup.org, as you know, they have um, the opportunity for you to get deep discounts uh, and sometimes free uh, software that's available for your organization. They now have the Office Standard 2013 available for nonprofit organizations uh, for just a administration fee of $24. Yeah, you heard me right, $24 for the applications in this suite are Excel 2013, OneNote 2013, Outlook 2013 with Business Contact Manager, PowerPoint 2013, Publisher 2013, it keeps going on, Word 2013, and SkyDrive Pro. All of those are available. Let's take a quick listen uh, to what's happening in Microsoft Office 2013. Introducing the new Office. Explore new services that personalize your experience and enjoy the freedom of Office when and where you need it with seamless roaming access to your applications, your documents, your personalized settings. It's the office you know and trust. Transform. Office introduces exciting new features and a gorgeous new look that make it easier for you to get things done. Express your ideas. and stay connected.
sign into your account from virtually anywhere and discover your documents and settings that stay with you on the Windows 8 devices you love. Imagine. Connect. Discover. Welcome to your modern office. Try it today. And that's Microsoft Office 2013, available over at TechSoup.org uh, for nonprofit organizations. And the radio link is available at TedHart.com. Uh, we are now wrapping up with Page One News. That means it's time for our experts over on Page Two. This is a very exciting show. There's a new ebook available to you. That's NP Experts: Fundraising Ideas and Marketing Insights for Nonprofits. Now, nonprofit experts uh, are sharing their extensive knowledge and experience in online fundraising and marketing, email communication, social media mobile exchange, and much more in this book. Now, the book is available to you in the radio links today at tedhart.com. But more importantly, we have three experts who are part of this book. I'm going to introduce first uh, uh, Frank Berry, uh, who is the Director of Digital Marketing at BlackBot. For more than 10 years, Frank has been helping nonprofits use the Internet so that they can focus on changing the world. And, oh, yeah, he's got triplet boys oh my god uh and uh, so make sure you get a chance to say hi uh to frank on twitter at f-r-a-n-s-w-a-a that's over in the radio links as well and you can check out his blog at np engage he's here live with us welcome frank barry hey ted thanks for having me great to have you here triplet boys my goodness how do you have time to do anything else Oh yeah, we could uh, we could talk about them for quite some time. It's, uh, I bet. It's a I lot bet. Of fun. Now we've got some of your colleagues here today. I want to welcome Dennis McCarthy, uh, who's also here, uh, has been serving nonprofit organizations for 30 years in the design and implementation of integrated marketing solutions and building and managing technology solutions for some of America's largest and most complex nonprofit organizations. You can say hello on Twitter at dm or dmccarthy104. Welcome, Dennis. Hey, Ted. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great. Great to have you here. And, uh, gentlemen, of course, I left beauty for last. Uh, Carrie Indeed. Lewis is here uh, with us as well. She's the Director of Emerging Media at the Humane Society of the United States, and you can follow Carrie at Carrie, G-R-L-S. Uh, welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. Well, this is really quite uh, an undertaking that uh, BlackBot has uh, pulled together uh, all of these experts. I think there's more than 20 experts uh, in uh, in this book. So I'm going to ask if we, if you might, uh, to start off with Frank Berry to kind of tee up what is NP Experts. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll give kind of an overview of it. Um, you know, obviously BlackBot, we, we've been around for a while, technology company really trying to serve the nonprofit industry, but there's you know, countless experts out there. Uh, and so, you know, in this ebook, we just wanted to bring together uh, as many as we could uh, and still make it a digestible piece of material, right? We couldn't get everybody um, that's out there. So, you know, we just wanted to get a bunch of the industry experts, um, pull them together, get them to share some of uh, their valuable uh, kind of insights and things they've learned over the years and uh, make it available to the public so they can consume this. And really it's, you know, experts from, from a, a real cross-section of the industry. I mean, like you mentioned in the beginning, there's folks who are experts in social media, direct response fundraising, mobile, uh, you know, peer-to-peer fundraising. There, there's all kinds of different um, perspectives and angles on fundraising as well as marketing and communications in the ebook. Um, so, yeah, we just wanted to provide a great resource and uh, try to help folks, um, especially who might be newer to fundraising or newer to some of the more advanced uh, things in social or mobile and um, give them something great that they can, uh, you know, beef up their fundraising efforts with. Well, what a terrific um, resource that BlackBot um, has created. And and I've been um, sort of uh, monitoring um, the evolution of BlackBot uh, over time. And certainly there there was a, a time in the past where BlackBot maybe did not have the best customer service uh, relationship with its customers. Uh, and then we saw that really jump forward to excellent customer uh, care and service. And now there seems to be this evolution of BlackBot to really um, help access 
uh, thought leaders and uh, help provide an education component that isn't necessarily just directed uh, at selling product, um, but sort of uh, makes BlackBaud more of, of uh, sort of a friend to the community than just a vendor to the community. Um, is that purposeful or is that, that just something that's evolving organically? Uh, I, I think it's a mix of both. I mean, I, I think you're you're kind of you know spot on with your assessment. It's definitely purposeful. I mean, the purpose in providing even some of the research that we do, and then taking it even to this level with trying to just you know put together a team of experts to provide their knowledge. It's it's very purposeful because we want to make sure that we're amplifying these kinds of things across the industry and, and definitely being a friend of the community. So um, there's there's definite purpose, and I also think there's just an organic part to it as well because, uh, you know, I just think people in general, uh, as we, you know, hire more people or people just advance in their careers, like they want to be good friends to the community personally. So that kind of comes out um, from the work perspective as well. And we certainly see that in and the the data that's now uh, provided and and uh, information points that are provided to the entire community, whether you're a BlackBot customer uh, or not. Um, and I suppose part of that comes from the fact that the company has grown tremendously and has so many different offerings now that where you might have been seen as really only applicable to the largest of charities, you now have offerings across the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, we have. Uh, I won't even try to go into the product portfolio because um, yes, there are a lot of products. Um, but but you're you're right on. I mean, there's products as low as uh, kind of e-tapestry for you know really small nonprofits or mid-sized nonprofits that just need something simple. And then there's you know the the higher end stuff like our you know eCRM and things like that. So yeah, there's a, a very broad range of solutions that that really can serve most of the nonprofit community. Yeah, and that and that really I think um helps all nonprofits be able to learn from each other and to be able to benefit from the kind of information and I, I think it makes your your data sharing that much uh that much richer. Uh, I want to bring um Carrie in uh here for for a moment. Carrie, you you're um um one of the uh nonprofit experts that are uh, part of uh NP experts. Um, and, and there are a lot of consultants and a lot of folks who are working for for-profit companies uh, that have this expertise, but there aren't a lot of people uh, out there uh, in the nonprofit sector that have the title of Director of Emerging Media. Uh, <laughs> I thought of it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, where did that come from? And, and it, it, it seems terribly forward-looking for an organization like the Humane Society. So I was wondering if you could sort of tell us how that fits and how other nonprofits might benefit from that kind of focus. Sure, and you know we're we're an old school organization, and we've been around since the '50s, and so this is kind of a, a new way of thinking for for us, especially. And and really, what we wanted with this title uh, was to not just be thinking about social media. We want to be thinking always about the next big thing as well. And so this this, this mini department that we have called Emerging Media has really served as an incubator for new technologies to come in and for us to figure out what to do with them. And mobile is an example, you know, when uh, we first hired a mobile communications manager, we were one of the first organizations to do that because nonprofits weren't really sure if they should start to invest in, in mobile yet, and, and that was almost two years ago. Um, and so now everybody's figuring that, that that's, that's a good move, and, and we were really happy that we did that. And so mobile started out in this idea of a mini department called Emerging Media and has since branched off to its own mini department. And so that idea of Emerging Media really was so that we could continue to build our social media program but also make room for upcoming technologies as well. Yeah, and that's and and there certainly have been some uh, less than celebrated uh, organizations that have attempted to do that, but they've they've created silos or you know back offices that never got integrated across the organization. And it sounds like you you have found some sort of secret uh, to helping the organization integrate this technology uh, into their overall planning. 
definitely, you know, social media and now mobile and, and whatever is coming up next is it's an integrated part of all of our communications plans. And that's not to say we have our challenges. You know, we're really good at the online integrated communications, but we don't in, right now integrate our online and offline communications. And right. so we have our challenges just like any organization does, but we've really found a way to break down the silos, at least in the online part. Um, one of the things that we're famous for is a daily nine-minute news meeting uh, where each channel reports what they're putting out that day, and that's really helped us break down those silos. That's great. Well, I I, uh, I suppose, and I know that you, you were listening in on page one news, that uh, this announcement by Google um, with some tools to uh, begin looking at measuring the ROI of, of mobile um, is a, a good step forward. Definitely. We, you know, we're... we're um, we're in the stages of realizing that we really need to invest in data analysis and things like that to to make better decisions about what we do, and so um, we're moving towards it, we're trying to move towards that again in a big organization. It's really change is really hard, and so um, we're trying to be more nimble. And, and along the Google line, we actually have a meeting today to talk about um, you know Google is getting rid of of Reader and and what will they do next and what does that mean for us. And so we really take those um, those changes very seriously and figure out we have to figure out how to adapt. And it's it's um, even a bigger conversation of you know relying on the tools and investing too much in the tools and relying on free tools and, and the risk that that poses to any organization. Right. Well, you were mentioning integration before, and we have one of uh, uh, the country's experts in integrated marketing with us today, Dennis McCarthy. Uh, Dennis, um, help us understand, and I know that you have an entire chapter on integrated marketing. Um, this seems to me that what's happening uh, over at the Humane Society um, certainly is is looking more like a model, but there there have yep. have been some other organizations that have attempted to go down this road and have not gotten it right. How do you get it right? Well, I, I actually think Carrie's 100. percent I loved it when she told the story about the the noon meeting. Um, it, the Humane Society U.S. is probably one of the leaders. Probably UNICEF U.S. is another leader that have spent a great deal of time understanding that change comes from people, and that that then we need to look at structures and how we share stories and ideas, how we understand impact better, lots of ideas that are getting shared by, by folks in the blogosphere about what's a way to proceed. But we can integrate channels, we can integrate message, but at the end of the day, if the donor experiences a bifurcated or a chopped up organization, it doesn't lend itself to a good to a good experience. And I do think that... Um, Donors are looking for an experience like they would get online from an Amazon, um, as opposed to, as Carrie said, one of the challenges at HSUS is that the offline and online aren't properly integrated. I think in time they will, and change is hard, but I think there's there's lots of good work in place. Mm -hmm. and, and it is that integration that you've really made a name uh, for yourself, and there, there are other uh, organizations that have invested, have sort of yep. uh, made public statements in, in this area. And then uh, I, I always put it in, in terms of they, they sort of got caught up in their own uh, press around how magical all of this was rather than <laughs> understanding that um, this takes time to build relationships. It takes time yep. to tell your story. Um, and there's nothing quick and easy about this. They're just new tools. You're, uh, Ted, I, one of the things that's very true and it was in the chapter is that a lot of, and you know this, you've been a practitioner for many years, is that best practices around that have been going around for a long time. And what we've learned is that that still haven't, we haven't met and exceeded expectations for the constituents, for the donors. And that great work by people like Roger Craver and, and the late Kay Lautman didn't go far enough. And really now we're looking at organizational change. We're looking at how do organizations Com communicate more effectively with their supporters. So I'm getting a communication at a time that's relevant to me. I'm not getting an email and a direct mail piece with two different messages. And if they're both solicitations, perhaps even two different ask amounts. Um, the, today, that's clear that's not acceptable, and we can and need to do better than that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and Dennis, um, or I, I'm sorry, I wanted to jump back over to uh, to Frank. Sure. Um, there, there's um, uh, a lot um, in this book 
that, that speaks about these topics, and it breaks it down into uh, component parts. And, and the way I kind of view this book is it, it makes it very measurable and understandable. Um, but there still are a lot of charities out there that struggle with these concepts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, even with you and Dennis uh, going back and forth with what Carrie was mentioning, I mean, it's it's not a simple solution. Um, you know, you have you know numerous people working together. You know, you've got different departments, and uh, whether you're a nonprofit or a for-profit, that that's always challenging because different departments at times have different goals or different things that they're focused on at the at the time. So, getting them to really, really collaborate and work together uh, is a tough thing to do. So. Um, you know, hopefully the the ebook provides some you know insights and guidance and best practices and how uh, various nonprofits who do this as well are doing it, um, so that people can can learn from it. Um, I know, uh, you know, Beth Cantor's book about the network to nonprofits and uh, breaking down fortresses and all this kind of stuff was was kind of trying to deal with that that issue of you know everybody working in their silos and things like that. So. Uh, you know, hopefully this just keeps that moving forward and nonprofits are getting better and better uh, over the years. Um, and, you know, obviously, ideally, we would love technology to play a part in that. I think it does some, but there's certainly a people aspect to it as well. It, it, it sure does, and, and, and you brought up a, an important point about uh, breaking down silos. And, Carrie, I was wondering if you could um, give my listeners today some, some insight, because I, I imagine that's not something that you do once. Um, that, that particularly in, in, in an organization your size, but even in a small organization that, that may not have a comprehensive knowledge of these tools, um, that can be an ongoing battle. It definitely is, and you know, it, like I said, it's not. It's still not easy for us. It's it's an ongoing battle for us, but we found a way to break down the silos so that people can get their work done in a way that that mimics and mirrors what everybody else is doing. So I mentioned the the nine minute um, news meeting, which I was actually um, missing today, but that's okay um, because it is only nine <laughs> minutes, and it's really a a rundown of um, of what each channel is putting out. So we so actually that means... made, made priority for you today, Carrie. I'm so honored. Yes. <laughs> but that's why we have, you know, we have a, a, a social media team here, so we're lucky in that aspect. But um, but it runs down what public relations, social media, mobile, online advertising, and email and web are all putting out, the content that they're all putting out um, that day, and we really try to keep it to nine minutes because who wants to go to a long meeting at lunchtime, um, you know, every day? And so it is every single day. And um, and what we'll do is a lot of times we'll shift around our 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 calendars of what we're putting out based on what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times I'll find that the email uh, team is putting out something that I was going to put out in a couple of days, but it makes more sense for the user experience, the member experience, for us to do it at the same time. And so that really helps us integrate our communications. But the thing is, you got to be flexible, um, and and you know, especially in social media, which is is my realm, um, you you really have to kind of go with the flow. And so um, it requires a, a lot of flexibility and and a lot of coordination. But that meeting is, you know, like I said, every single day, it really helps. Um, and then, you know, what what we've done is we've we measure our results in social media, and, and that's what my section in the ebook is about is about social media fundraising, and I call it talking in our executive language, meaning fundraising, so that we can prove the worth of our our program and prove that it is something um, you know uh, almost as valuable as all of our other channels because we're raising money and providing customer service and all of those things so that it is a part of all of our communications plans when a program comes to us and say they want to, you know, do an email about something, we also can can kind of put our channel in there and talk about what we can do for them as well. Now, uh, uh, back to uh, Dennis, this whole issue of, of, of integration, I mean, historically, uh, folks working in, in PR or marketing viewed themselves mm-hmm. as way too pure, uh, to be involved with fundraising, and Indeed. you know, to to come close to that would would to denigrate them as professionals. Now, how do you integrate in today's uh, marketplace um, if you can't breach that? I think we've been moving cl- moving closer to that by the year. Um, where it, you're absolutely true, people who did 
fundraising, either on the development side or the annual fund side, were felt as somehow peddlers and folks that were working in marketing were the people who carried the true torch for the mission of the organization. And I think now there's a recognition that there can't be And the fundraisers were just begging for money. Yeah, we just had a tin cup out there, and we would get our shekels and then go and put them back into the bag and and, and support the good work that folks in marketing did in program services. And I do think over time there's been an acknowledgement that marketing doesn't own the website, they don't own the social media presence, that we need to, if we're going to be effective, we need to sit down and talk about that. And I think a lot of that has come from excellent leadership from organizations like UNICEF and HSUF, World Wildlife Fund. There are a number of great organizations and small organizations that have been very nimble and brought together people in a way that wouldn't have happened 10 years ago or 15 years ago. So it's great to see the good, quiet progress that's being made in, in organizations both very small and quite large. Absolutely. Um, back to Carrie uh, uh, and, and Mar- Frank. I'm not ignoring you, but I wanted to uh, just go back to uh, uh, to Carrie because you know when you're looking at at these topics, um, y- y- when you're measuring success, and, and you said that you're measuring uh, social media, um, I, you know I'm, I'm I'm always impressed with uh, with people who have big clout numbers, and Humane Society <laughs> of the United States uh, has has a clout number of of 82. Um, and and of course I, I'm feeling puny today at only 62 on, on my number. So, <laughs> oh my um, what, what advice? Uh, first, first of all, just uh, for for my audience, and we have discussed it here on the show, but just remind everybody um, what clout is and 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 how do you grow that kind of audience? Well, I have to be honest. We don't pay attention to clout, and you don't. that's because no, we don't. So um, I can feel and- good about your number, but you don't care. <laughs> I'm glad that you feel good about our number. I'm glad we have a good number. 82 is pretty impressive. 82 is pretty impressive. All right. Well, yeah. that's good to know. Um, and the thing is, you know, we're really big on making sure that, that our base our, our base numbers are growing and, and we're not losing people faster than we're gaining new audiences and that people are interested in our content. But we don't measure our success by, you know, the number of likes or the number of followers we have mm-hmm. or even the number of shares that we get on one of our posts. We measure our success on, um, you know, the, the customer service that we provide, the number of people we're able to provide a, a, a positive experience with our brand using social media, as well as advocacy, um, getting new people to sign to to join our email file through advocacy and fundraising. And I really believe that all of that engagement that happens, um, you know, the the uh, the the responses that we we give people, the sharing, the number of likes we get on a post, all of that lead, that that positive engagement leads to those things and should lead to those things. Um, and so we're really adamant. And and you know when I first joined HSUS as, as the social media person, um, I wanted to measure all of those fluffy things, as I call them. But my boss was really adamant in saying that all of our online communications channels need to support our goals, which are advocacy and fundraising. And after a while, I totally got it and I totally bought in, and we call that goal agreement here. And it took a while for us to get to that. And social media, surely, its purpose is not just to raise money. In fact, right. it's really hard to raise money in social media. Right. I feel like we've been able to build that infrastructure that it supports our other campaigns and programs and goals and all of that, as well as um, build up that that customer service and and engagement piece of it so that it leads to those goals. Mm -hmm. And and just for for my listeners, I I want to note that uh, clout.com, K-L-O-U-T.com, we have mentioned it here on the show today. I think it's an excellent tool to give you uh, just some benchmarking. Um, I I, I always joke about the number because I don't think the number actually matters. Uh, at all. It's more the trend line of whether or not you're growing in your social media and if your true reach um, is growing over time. So you know, whether you're starting at 40 or you're starting uh, at the wonderfully high 82 that the Humane Society has, um, that that's immaterial. It, it's how you're integrating these tools and how you're growing over time. Is there anybody on the call that actually watches uh, Cloud or uses Cloud here at BlackBot or, or uh, uh, Dennis? Frank, you must well, use you just- it. 
You you made me go check mine just by mentioning it. But I, no, I, I did the same. I, I, did the same thing. I want to check mine too. Yeah, well, Blackbot's Black got eighty, which is very impressive, and that's a, that's a good number. Of course, Humane Society's at eighty-two. So uh, again, as I'm saying, that the number doesn't matter. It's it's are you growing over time and and uh, the true reach. So when you drill down in the numbers, that's where you actually get uh, a little bit more about that. But uh, uh, Dennis, do you yeah, we, uh, do you use that as a benchmarking or Frank? Well, I was just going to say, now we have a little competition on our hands. Um, Blackbaud <laughs> is going to try to surpass the Humane Society. And uh, I'll just mention that, that my cloud oh, score okay. is uh, at 66, but it's only wow. that way because of the pictures I post on Facebook. So it has nothing to do <laughs> with anything business-oriented. <laughs> so your personal uh, is, is 66. Um, Dennis, yeah. do you do you uh, personally or professionally uh, monitor or, or bunch? Both. I mean, products? I do. A, on probably a monthly basis. I ju- in fact, I did it. It was funny. We all, except for Carrie, who was busy talking. Both Frank and I did the same thing, which is we logged in. So I look at it from <laughs> time to time, and I seem to vacillate. Being old, somewhat old school, I tend to vacillate somewhere in the 40s, um, okay. and never can quite get above into the 50s. Much less Ted, you're you're. You know your area of the yeah. I think the I'm, I'm at 60, 62. But again, it's as, as when I'm when I'm lecturing or when I'm talking to nonprofits, I always try to remind them that it's not the number that really matters. I mean, correct. It's, kind of it's fun the trend to, line. Yeah, it's it's the trend line. It's it's kind of fun to watch the number, and and I always ask, well, what is your number? Um, but it, it really is that that trend line, and that that speaks to um, this this whole topic that you're bringing together here because. This is the integration of, of various social media platforms and whether or not you're actually getting your message out there. Because as I, as I mentioned to folks, it doesn't matter how often you tweet. What matters is whether or not people see it, if they forward it, right. if they find it valuable. Um, and uh, so, Frank, how does all of that fit in the BlackBot world? That's a good question. Um, like, I guess mainly just trying to think about how is social media valuable um, in fitting into BlackBot. It's tricky because we're we're not a, a social media company, right? We're not developing um, products per se that are 100% focused on helping nonprofits, you know, leverage social. Mm-hmm. Um, so so it's a tricky one for us. I, I think we we see the value in it from a, an engagement standpoint. Um, connecting with donors, connecting with volunteers, just connecting with their constituents. And then, you know, we, we know communication has changed over the years. I mean, it used to be a lot of direct mail, and obviously that still goes on, but email got introduced, and now socials here. And so people like to be communicated with in a variety of ways, and some have their preferences. So we see it as important. Um, so, you know, we do our best to try to make sure that the tools can somehow support that. Um, mm-hmm. Some of the stuff that we've done more recently is trying to kind of pull social data into our CRM layer, which is obviously where our strong suit is at, um, so that nonprofits can leverage that social data just like they would any other data set um, in terms of their outbound communication and engagement and things like that. Um, But it's a tricky one, I I guess, is the real answer, because we're not a native social media company. Mm -hmm. Uh, We we have to focus on what our core things are. But unless you're Facebook or, or, or LinkedIn, uh, can anybody say that you're that you're a native uh, social media company? <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, I think what, what's significant about what BlackBot is doing and has been doing um, is borne out. Again, I'm, I'm going to say a number that I keep saying is not all that important, but 80 is not an insignificant number on clout, and I, I haven't had time to drill down into the reports on clout to see you know where that's coming from. But what it says is that that your customers. Um, the donors of the Humane Society, um, you know, those who are you know looking to Dennis for um, for expertise, they're on social media, uh, right. they're utilizing these tools, so they're out there. So, how does um, uh, coming back to uh, to Dennis here, how does sure. the average charity uh, who is a listener of this show? How do they um, start making sense of all of this? Because my concern is always that there is still sort of that magical experience out there that, gee, there's a billion people on Facebook, and even if a small percentage accidentally made a gift to me, I'd probably make my budget. And that's not how it works. So, oh, my but, Lord, but there, no. But there is, there is sort of that mythology out there that this is super simple, and it's just a matter of tweeting a few things and where's my money. Right, and I think that you know it's that shiny object at the bottom of the pool syndrome, that um, and I think there are organizations 
such as HSUS, and there are others, that if you if you begin to master the basics, that it becomes easier to understand new channels and new engagement um, facets or points. So I, if you're, regardless of the charity, you need to be communicating effectively with your supporters. And I think social plays a great role to be in an ongoing dialogue, but I talk, spoke with a, a large nonprofit that will go unnamed, and I said, you have a Twitter feed, and they said, we do? I said, yep, you haven't posted on it since November. Now this meeting was in February. Oh, we only do that a couple times a year. And I said, so you know that Twitter's an instant news feed? We share information? Yeah, but we only do it a couple times a year. I'm like, okay. Um, so I think that social um, email needs to be part of an overall engagement strategy that an organization, whether you're a local food bank, a, a school, a, a national, international NGO, not-for-profit like Humane Society, UNICEF might be, it needs to be part of a, a collective communication plan. And if you don't have that, then simply putting something up on your Facebook page or using Tumblr um, or using Twitter or MySpace, frankly, I'd rather you got your acknowledgments out on time um, and that you wrote good copy, that you're probably going to, you would likely raise more money that way then that somehow by being on Facebook causes or somehow by having a great Twitter feed, a volunteer doing it, you're going to raise thousands of dollars that you hadn't seen before. I think that that's um, – Yeah, absolutely. I mean, getting back to, to basics is so important, as we've shared so many times on this show in our six pillars of success – for nonprofit organizations online, the number one is a well-designed website with unique content, easy to navigate and search. Yep. And what we constantly try to remind our listeners is it doesn't matter how many tweets you send out. It doesn't matter how nope. good you are on social media. If you're driving traffic back to a poorly managed nonprofit organization with a bad website, you're not going to meet your your uh, your obligations. Yeah, if, the, if the donation form isn't optimized, if you have people abandoning, um, they're not reading your email, or they're unsubscribing, then you have far larger problems and that social media is not going to um, take care of. I think the reason why the Cloud Squared HSUS is so good is because they do execute on a great many of the basics um, very well. Um, that allows people to want to engage with them because there's content in there that's original and helpful and connects with what, th what their feelings are about around animal welfare. Um, and I think if you're not executing well, you don't have a great website, um, it, or it's a static site, then all the extra you do there is simply wasted energy. Absolutely. Uh, folks, hang tight right there. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, um, I want to uh, get a chance. We'll have a, a few moments left for each of you to share your words of wisdom on the importance of storytelling and the importance of being able uh, to actually be social if you're going to be involved in social media. And we'll be right back. Quick reminder here on the Nonprofit Coach. Next week's show is April 2nd. It'll be here live at 12 noon Eastern, and Greg McCall will be here uh, giving you his expert advice on going mobile, going social, and going local. Uh, we'll then have our spring hiatus uh, in April. There will not be a live show uh, April 9th through the 23rd. That's both due to your host travel and your host's birthday. So that's a great time for you to catch up on the top ten shows of all time here on The Nonprofit Coach. Now, just give you, you a little bit of a look forward uh, to after our spring uh, break. Uh, if you're uh, really enjoying today's show, because I'm absolutely enjoying our guests today, uh, we have another uh, NP expert uh, from uh, this new book uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach on May 14th. Mark Pittman will be here uh, with us, and he comes to us again from the Blackboard NP Experts book. Uh, so we're going to head on over uh, back to page two. Remember, our podcasts and archives are always available 24 hours a day at tedhart.com. Click on radio links. If you're listening live today, the phone lines are open. Call in and ask a question by dialing 347-324-3080. Now, back to the Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart. 
And uh, we're back here with our MP experts from the new Black Bod e-book. Uh, we have with us uh, today uh, the beautiful Carrie Lewis, uh, joined by Dennis McCarthy and Frank Barry. Uh, and the uh, the big question before we went on, on the break there, uh, I just wanted to ask each of you to sort of weigh in on this concept that I've shared on this uh, uh, show many times, and that is that if you're going to become uh, involved in social media, you have to be prepared to be social, um, and that is often a big challenge for nonprofits. Carrie Lewis. Carrie, are you there? Uh, did we lose Carrie? Okay, well, Frank, can you can you take that on? Yes, I mean I can I can get started. Uh, obviously, we would all love to hear from Carrie just because she's a practitioner uh, there at HSUSA. Um, but so yeah, if you're participating in social media, I think it's probably really common sense that you know direct mail, email, other form telecommunications. They're they're kind of like these outbound things, and obviously on the phone you can two way conversate, but it's usually this really outbound focused thing. Whereas social, the the people who are there really expect to, you know, have conversations and share back and forth and kind of mutually help each other in various ways depending on, you know, what the purpose of the conversation is. So, you know, we, even at BlackBot, that's something that's very frequently brought up is we want to make sure that we're not just, uh, you know, sharing links out to come back and consume our content, but that we're being helpful to the community. We're sharing other expert stuff. I mean, that's that's why we even produce the ebook is we want to share the expertise of the community. So I, I think in social, you, you've got to engage in a two-way conversation, and you have to be really uh, aware of and good at sharing other people's stuff and, and bringing, right. shedding the spotlight or shining the light on other people. Um, and, and part of being social is is telling that story, um, Dennis McCarthy. And, and, and uh, nonprofit organizations seem to have a tough time um, really getting down to um, the storytelling and, and the, yep. the mission uh, that matters um, when they're really focused on we need to raise money. Agreed completely. They, they see that, that as, the, as the only end goal as opposed to raising money as an outcome. People give to things that they're passionate about. A great story that I love to share when I present is the Rachel Beckwith story, a young lady who passed away and raised a small amount of money for charity water. Well, in the end, after she passed away, her story spread virally and raised millions of dollars to provide clean water for people. I think something like 30,000 people benefited by this young girl. And I think that what we're touched by are genuine, authentic stories where it's clear there's an impact, Ted. And I think that all too often folks think, well, I'll send out an email and I'll embed, an, I'll embed video, I'll ask for $50 or $75, and that's the end. There's no context for the story. It's not particularly well executed. It doesn't have to be high-end video, um, but it does need to be real. Um, and people have to feel a connection. Yeah. And I think all too often charities chase the dollar and they miss the passion piece. Yeah, and and Dennis, this is this is why you're in this MP Experts book because that's that's such a smart thing that is so hard for people to really um, take in and make their own. Is that this this isn't rocket science? This isn't template driven. Um, no. That, that that you can't fake it in social media. If you're genuine then people who are drawn to your cause will be drawn to you. And if you're trying to use a formula, if you're trying to, as you said, okay, now here's my embedded video and here's my content and here's my link to giving, and I've seen other people do that, so obviously that's how I succeed, you're not thinking about how can I share the fun, how can I share the emotion, how can I make what I do every day uh, more relevant to the people who do not see the cause the way that I do. And that's the genuine nature. It, Carrie, were you able to come back? 
yeah, I think somehow we've uh, we've lost Carrie, and Carrie, that's probably my fault here on the switchboard. I apologize for that. So we're we're just going to have to settle for the gentleman today uh, to wrap up the show. So uh, so Frank, she um, mentioned she was trying to dial back in. She she shot us an email. And she's trying. Oh, she but, is. Okay, uh, all right. Okay, well, good. Well, I hope that uh, maybe we'll get a chance to say hello again before uh, uh, before the end of the show. But but just in case we can't, Frank, again on the on this topic, because you you see so many um, nonprofit organizations who are using your platforms and using your uh, your services who struggle with this concept of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's just a tricky thing to do. The, the thing that I love about the nonprofit space is nonprofits have amazing stories to tell. Um, it, it's very different um, in general than the for-profit space. I mean, we can talk about things that really matter and making real impact uh, in society and changing people's lives and all these kinds of things. Um, so I just think it's important for nonprofits, you know, professionals, and especially the ones who are out in social or telling their stories uh, in various forms of communication, is to tap into their passion. I mean, nonprofit uh, professionals are passionate about what they do, and, and I think that's got to come out in the stories, you know, the passion, the excitement, the joy of what they do, uh, you know, and, and just bringing that kind of uh, level of, humanness, I guess, if you will, um, to your, your communications is always powerful. I mean, I think the one nonprofit that I just comes to the top of mind from a digital perspective is Charity Water. I mean, they do like, an amazing job telling their story visually on their website, in their communications, all the things they do with pictures and video. It's just amazing. They tell their story very, very well. Um, so anybody who's you know listening in, if you don't know about Cherry Water, go check them out because I think they do a great job. Of Absolutely, it. no, I would agree. Well, gentlemen, we uh, just have a, a few moments left, so I'm going to give uh, each of you just a couple of minutes uh, to wrap up with your best advice for our listeners, uh, and also uh, make sure that everybody knows how they can reach you. Um, why don't we start off with Dennis McCarthy? Well, first off, Ted, I want to thank you so much for the for the invitation. This has been a lot of fun, even though the, the, the more attractive part of the trio here it had to drop off. Um, I know Frank and I have had a blast. Um, I, I think that the, the message I would give to people is remember to treat your supporters and the people you serve as you would treat your family. Remember to give them a good thank you and a good introduction. Um, and, and regardless of the channel that they prefer to reach out to you, and whether it's through Twitter or email or direct mail, um, that it's all very important. And if you remember to do that, whether, and whether you're the size of the, H, of the Humane Society or a small nonprofit, the rules are the same. They don't really change, as, as you and I know, Ted. Um, so I think as long as we remember to behave, I think we'll be fine. Uh, and again, it's been a pleasure. And if uh, we can ever come back and help out, we'd love to. Well, I really hope that uh, that you will. I mean, this is, I think these kinds of discussions that give a, a peek into uh, how you actually succeed online are terribly helpful uh, to uh, to uh, my listeners. So I'm really hoping that you folks will uh, work with us to uh, to come back. Maybe uh, we could do a, a pre-holiday show: How to Succeed in Social Media for the Holidays in the Fall. Uh, Frank, um, your your wrap up here and how folks can meet. Oh, well, Dennis, how can folks uh, reach you? Oh, they can reach me um, either um, on Twitter, Dave McCarthy one zero four, um, or you can reach me um, at Blackboard at Dennis McCarthy at Blackboard dot com. Um, I'm usually on email. Um, 20 hours a day, seven days a week. So I'm happy to get back to folks because we don't have lives, do we, Ted? Um, <laughs> try, you know, try and to. And I'm happy to, to respond yeah. to any questions that I possibly can to be of assistance. Well, we know Frank's uh, got got uh, three little ones that keep him busy, so uh, he's only on email 18 hours a day. So, Frank, <laughs> uh, wrap, wrap us up here. Yeah, I'm trying to teach them how to use mobile devices so they can help out a little bit. Um, but it's a little tricky. They're only a year and a half, so. Um, but I, I guess to wrap up, I'll just keep it simple. I mean, don't don't listen to me. Go out and uh, download the ebook and and get the insight from all the experts who uh, shared their uh, great stories and uh, you know just insight and information. So go check that out. And we're actually we're doing a webinar series based on the ebook. So you'll be able to listen to probably I don't know ten or so of the authors 
um, doing webinars. Ted, I think you might be doing one. I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, I think I think um, that did get scheduled. So uh, thank you again okay. for the invitation. And actually, we didn't mention that, that uh, you folks were kind enough to include me in this book. So I do have uh, a chapter in this book as well, and the link is available at tedhart.com, so you can uh, download the ebook today. Yeah, yeah, please do, and uh, please join us for the webinar series because these folks will get an opportunity to share for an entire hour what they wrote their chapter on. So, oh, which is stuff. really terrific. And I'm just going to ask one more time, Carrie, did you make it back? Uh, we're sorry if you uh, did not. Okay, well, we're going to wrap up uh, this show. This was a fantastic uh, show, um, and uh, today we uh, benefited uh, from three of the experts of the MP Experts book uh, from BlackBod. You can download that today. We will be back here live on the Nonprofit Coach next Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern. Make sure that you're right here to join us. And, gentlemen, thank you for being here on the Nonprofit Coach today. Have a great day. Thanks, Ted. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Nonprofit Coach Radio Show with Ted Hart. Tell all your friends to check out our production schedule and download our iPod and iPad-friendly podcast at tedhart.com. Thanks for listening to the Nonprofit Coach. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.